happy Friday, Mike Broomhead. Same to you, Jamie. As always, happy Friday. I love to hear you utter that phrase. Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to the weekend. We are just a few hours away from starting ours. Hope you got a great one planned. Uh, a couple of interesting guests on the show today. We were trying to get all the candidates on. This is the time I'm going to plug this uh, like we always do. If you go to KTAR.com slash Arizona Votes, you can see all of the interviews we have done here at the station with candidates. It's kind of a clearinghouse to help you be a more informed voter. Yesterday, we had county attorney candidate and current interim uh, county attorney Rachel Mitchell on the Republican candidate for the office. She was on yesterday, this morning at 835, so about 15 minutes from right now. We are going to have Julie Gunnigal. She's the Democrat candidate for that office. She will join us to talk about her platform and why she believes she deserves the job. So we'll talk with her then. And at 935, uh, we are going to speak with John Belitis. He is a lawyer here in Arizona and works in employment and and, uh, labor law. And we're going to talk about your right to vote and if your boss has to give you time and when your boss has to give you time to vote to make sure – you have a proper window to vote. So that'll be at 935. It should be an interesting conversation with Mr. Belitis. We're going to start off talking about the economy. We are seeing good news in the job sector. It's interesting. The, um, unemployment surges above expectations as the number of jobless Americans rises. It's an interesting mixed bag that tells you how this data works, or at least how it, it confuses people sometimes. There were more jobs added to the payrolls than were expected. That has made the the NASDAQ is up. The Dow is up. I believe the S&P is also up and the Dow is up over 400 points. NASDAQ is up 105 points. So those are good. That's good news. I'm I'm happy anytime the American people are working. We want to see inflation come down. They're working on trying to make that happen at the Fed. We'll see if they're able to pull it off without driving us into a recession. But the beginning numbers of what we're hearing today, you got to give credit where credit's due to the economy, that we are seeing a better than expected jobs market, which is good this time of year rolling into the holidays. It's good to see that people are employed. Anxious to see what happens at the beginning of next year, but it's a great place for us to start with this surge in unemployment. Uh, tech firms are are uh, cutting jobs and freezing hiring thanks to fears of an economic downturn. If we were able to see growth like this or maintain growth like this, maybe that would quell some of their fears. But as we've said before, these are predictors that look at things that ha- are going to happen. They're not reacting to things. They are projecting and pre- predicting things. And I'm anxious to see what happens. Workers expect fast inflation next year. Could that uh, make it a reality? Um, so people say generally in the past it was taboo to say I need to survive and I know I'm what I'm worth in the market. In this environment, I think it's more acceptable. Inflation is in front of mind and it's a big part of the public conversation for the economy. Um, so when you look at what's happening, people are concerned about what is going to happen next year. Um, we know that the economy is still the number one, the number one question people have in in this election year is what will happen with the U.S. economy. I think that this has been one of the areas where the messaging from the White House has been the worst. Um, it, it is not what the American people are feeling. The American people are being priced out of everything. And uh, I, I talked about these statistics the other day I got from St. Mary's Food Bank, and it's just one resource. Um, and they are one resource, although they are the oldest food bank in the in the country. Um, they also acknowledge there are other great food banks that all work together. And people are saying that there is a rise in need. You can't ignore that, that there are more and more families having to choose between rent or a mortgage, you know, paying that and fuel for their vehicle to get to and from work and feeding their families, and they're not able to make ends meet. So we have seen an increase over the last three months. St. Mary's Food Bank said that their recent daily average for last month 
was just under 1,300 boxes per day. These are emergency food boxes that are not um, – these are not just single meal boxes. Sometimes there's four and five meals in there. And so this is, uh, this is a crisis that's happening. And people are concerned. And it is the working class Americans that are affected first and most by something. Inflation is just like a tax when you see gas prices going up as much as they are. Now, we keep hearing all these rosy things about gas prices are going the right direction. It's 459 or whatever the average is. The fact of the matter is it is much, much, much higher than when this president took office. And he can blame it on all the things he wants, and he could be partially right about that. But in the end, the American people are not able to financially survive or thrive like they were just a few years ago. That's one thing when it happens. The questions come, and I always use the sports analogies, when something bad happens to you, how do you respond to it? You know, if uh, the the Arizona Cardinals are one of my favorite examples to use, if the Arizona Cardinals were a playoff contender and they lost one of their key players, they lost their quarterback. You know, we know that they've had a receiver that was suspended for a while. How do you respond to that? That's the question. Leadership, people are looking at leadership to respond. It's how do you mitigate damage? And you've got to, first of all, acknowledge that there's damage there. You have to acknowledge that there's fear and that things are going to have to change. And then you have to show people or tell people and show people what you're going to do to fix it. And what we've seen of this administration has been exactly the opposite. So um, there was a few weeks ago when the Cardinals had lost another game and it was just an, it was a really a bad performance. The head coach came out and said um, Cliff Kingsbury came out and said, you know, it's unacceptable. We uh, Nobody's afraid of this offense. We've got to make big changes. I have to make big changes. And I'm paraphrasing the things he said, but we've got to play better. We have to do better. We acknowledge this is unacceptable. That was a good thing for him to say because if he comes out and, and says, you know what? We played really hard. We had a couple of bad breaks, but we're in a good position and we're going to be just fine. People are going to roll their eyes and say, are you kidding me? And that is, in essence, what we've gotten from the White House. At first, there was never going to be inflation. It was transitory. It was going to drop off very quickly. And there was never an acknowledgement that it was happening. Now they fight the word recession, changing the definition. Well, people don't care about those definitions. No one cares about those definitions. What people care about is being able to feed their families. When you look at how much prices have gone up for food, the individual food items, the necessities that you buy at the grocery store, fuel prices are still dramatically higher than they were when this president took office. We know here in the Valley, housing is still an expense that is ultra expensive and hard to find. So with all of that happening, with all of that happening around us, when you would expect that the administration would acknowledge it, and I, I know I've, I'm being repetitive, but you know Bill Clinton was was great at this, communicating with the people. I feel your pain. We st- I still that happened so many years ago, and I still remember it. It was, and I, I'm not a fan of the Clintons politically. Um, you know, I'm where I stand on the right, but you have to acknowledge when someone's doing the right thing. When they say, listen, I feel your pain, I may not agree with the response, but when you're talking to people and say, I understand where you're coming from, that goes a long way. Whether you're an employer, uh, whoever it is, when you say to someone, I understand how you feel, I feel your pain, this administration continues to push back against anyone in the media or otherwise that has a negative comment about the economy of the U.S., 
They push back and say everything is fine. It's one thing to say, look, our job market is still very, very strong. We know we're going to get through this. I understand that. I understand painting a rosy picture. What I don't understand is the complete denial that there are any problems in the U.S. economy. I come on and I say, listen, great news in the job market. I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see the stock market making a bit of a recovery with a good jobs report. People are still nervous about the future, but let's at least keep people employed. This is great news. And that's all true. This White House doesn't acknowledge, except for maybe a, a, a quick, you know, we're working on this or we're working on that. This is our top priority. And people are not believing it. And as things continue to stay bad for people when it comes to having to get food boxes and all these other things where money is getting tighter and tighter for people, and now the concerns are happening, yes, about Thanksgiving dinner, which is right around the corner for people, but now it's how do we spend money for Christmas? How do we buy our children gifts for Hanukkah? How do we how do we celebrate the holidays and stay within our budget? We can't load our credit card up with stuff we don't need because either we're using it for stuff we do need or we might need to. And it's an, I think this is a big issue for people. Coming up in a moment, we have got an interview with the the county attorney's race uh, in Maricopa County is a big deal. It is a big deal. I've talked about it very, very often, the partnership between law enforcement putting cases together and the prosecutor's offices that take those cases to court and make sure that people are punished. So it is a very good is a very big relationship in crime and punishment. And that race is up for grabs. Uh, We had Rachel Mitchell on yesterday, who's the Republican candidate and current interim county attorney. But her opponent, the Democrat, Julie Gunnigal's been on the show a couple of times. She will join me again here in just a few minutes, so please stick around for that. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. We have a we have a lot of conversations about the big races happening. There are six statewide races being paid attention to across the country. Arizona seems to be ground zero for politics. But there is a big race in Maricopa County for the county attorney's office. Who will lead that office for the next four years, at least the next four years, and make the changes necessary in the office? Um, so one of us, one of the candidates who's been on the show before, the Democrat candidate for that office is Julie Gunnigal. She joins us again. Ms. Gunnigal, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about your your platform. Can you give me the key components of what you're running on? What are the key things that people in Maricopa County need to know are going to change in that office if you win this office? Sure. I mean, here's what needs to happen in the Maricopa County Attorney's Office, which is the third largest prosecutor's office in the entire nation. First, we've got a corruption problem where different individuals in our society are treated differently, and the wealthy, the powerful, the well-connected, they seem to be getting pass after pass. And that's something that we can do if we want to clear up the corruption in that office. We've also got to start getting at the harm as to why people continue to get involved with the justice system and recidivate and reoffend. It means that we start treating uh, gun violence, addiction, and mental health as a public health crisis and really get at the root cause so that we're not seeing people return to the system. And last, and I think most importantly in this moment, we create a Maricopa County Attorney's Office that stays out of our bodies, our bedrooms, and our doctor's offices. And part of that is a commitment not to enforce our draconian Arizona abortion laws. So let's pick some of those apart specifically. When it comes to violent crimes, they're on the rise. People are fearful. People want uh, people held accountable if they commit violent acts against society. You're not suggesting we not punish people for these crimes. You want to treat them differently. How? 
No, actually, with respect to violent crime, it's always been my position that this office ought to be focused on crimes of violence, crimes that target women, children, or seniors, crimes against democracy, and financial crime. But lately, the office has been so distracted with these sorts of culture war prosecutions that it hasn't been even doing its baseline duty to those survivors of um, of particularly um, sexual assault and um, the families of those who have been killed. Like, Arizona does have a spike in crime, and it is a spike in crime that even outpaces my opponent's favorite city to talk about, San Francisco. And it's because we've had 30 years of the same policies, and now we're being asked to repeat the same policies, but they're not going to produce any different results. So what policy change can can you give us? Uh, specifically, what would you do to change the policy to reduce those violent crimes? Sure. I mean, when you look at uh, who is committing acts of violence in Arizona right now, the people who are most at risk, particularly for acts of gun violence, are juveniles aged 15 to 25. And there are evidence-based programs that work. And it's part of my platform, not just to get at the school-to-prison pipeline, but to start pouring our resources into the juvenile program, programs like mentorship, um, connections to job opportunities, addiction treatment, and mental health treatment. And what that will do is it will actually prevent crime before it starts, before it spikes, and before we see more grieving families and survivors. And see, I think those plans are a great idea to stop crime before it starts to get to kids when they're much younger. But is that the role of your office or is that a role of maybe the county or the state government itself to jump in and do that? It's the role of the county attorney's office to keep the community as safe as possible. And what that means is when we know that there are models, no matter where in the country they originate, that will actually keep the community safer at a much lower cost to taxpayers, we should absolutely be implementing them. All right. So let's talk about some of the other things that you think need to change, because we know that there was a big backlog of cases. There was some frustration with law enforcement in the office before your opponent took over as the interim director. Do you have any data? They say they've made vast improvements in those in that backlog. Is that what you're seeing? And if not, what needs to change so that backlog goes away? Sure. There's still a pervasive issues with morale and retention inside that office, and that will not change under this set of leadership. People are still leaving that office in droves, and there's some reasons for that. First, especially our you know our mid career attorneys aren't seeing the opportunities for advancement, particularly when they're strong attorneys of color. And to this day, the county attorney's leadership team continues to be all white in one of the most diverse counties in the country. We're also having trouble bringing in new attorneys from law school, and it's in part because this office is stuck in a 1990s-style thinking about the way it approaches harm in the community. If we have leadership that actually has a vision, we're going to be able to recruit the attorneys that we need. We're going to be able to retain the attorneys that we want to stay in that office. And as a result, we're going to be able to have the work power to efficiently clear those backlogs and truly serve the public. Are you confident that there is a a good relationship between the county attorney's office and the police agency? that they serve and work with and if not how do you how do you rebuild that bond now one of the things that I've been hearing a lot along the campaign trail is actually that there are big communication issues between the county attorney's office and several of the law enforcement agencies that it needs to work with in order to get its job done particularly in the form of send back cases so those are cases where there are charges that are proposed and the county attorney just shoots them right back in one case tragically uh, the the person was released and additional I believe it was an additional killing happened at the harm of that at the hands of that person um, but 
But what we need to have is real clear communication so that every law enforcement agency knows what needs to happen in order for a case to be charged through the Maricopa County Attorney's Office. It's one of the things that I've done extraordinarily well throughout my career is that sort of clear communication where people know where the boundaries are and, and what needs to happen so that we don't continue to see these cases thrown back and ricochet between the county attorney's office and different law enforcement agencies. All right. If people want to learn more about this campaign as we get down to the wire, if people still haven't made a decision, how can they find your campaign to find out more where you stand on the issues in the county? Uh, all over social media. You can find me on Twitter at, at Julie Gunnigal, and our website is gunnigal2022.com. As always, it's a pleasure to talk to you, and I wish you the best of luck. Right back at you. All right. Thanks. That's Julie Gunnigal. She is the Democratic candidate for county attorney here in Maricopa County. A pretty stark contrast in styles between the two candidates. Be an informed voter. Again, KTAR.com slash Arizona Votes is where you'll find all of the interviews we've done with candidates and more information to make you an informed voter. Coming up in a moment, it's Gatos and the Big Q poll question of the day. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. Oh, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Oh, you got big, big plans this weekend? Not really. You got nothing going on over there, do you? I'm not doing much of anything. I'm, let me look at my phone, see if I have anything big going on. Nope. Daylight savings time Sundays. We do nothing for that, so I have nothing. That- you're li- you know what? I'm gonna I'm get I'm gonna put you on a dating app. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. no that's I'm not gonna, gonna I'm gonna do your profile and everything. Listen, leave it to me. There is a story that I printed out, but I did not bring into the studio because we just ran out of space of mm. a, of of a guy that met a woman, and I think it was in Tennessee or Georgia, uh, on Plenty of Fish, which is supposed to be a wonderful dating app and probably is. Okay. First date, they're hanging out. He goes in to use the bathroom. He sees his four wheel drive truck screaming across the grass. She steals his truck, gets in a high speed chase with police over 100 miles an hour down the freeway. No thanks to the dating apps. I'm good. No, see, this is why you need it. It's material for the program. Oh. How great would that be? You go out with this beautiful woman and you're sitting there, right? And, you know, you're talking about politics or whatever. Yeah, I know, right? And uh, all of a sudden, she steals your car and you're like, listen, I got a whole show out of that. <laughs> I think uh, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna work on this. Oh, I'm gonna do your profile. Yeah, I'm, good. I'm good. I've got I've got. I'll get a photographer to come in and uh, and take a picture of your best side. I don't have a best. Side. Well, we'll 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 zhuzh it up a little bit. We'll you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll clean out all the wrinkly stuff. I got good hands. Maybe take the pictures of my hands. You got nice hands. I got good hands. You got strong hands. Yeah, I got strong hands. Working man okay. hands. All right, maybe we put a picture of your hand up there. Okay. You know, yep. Something different. You'll stand out. You remember the old, uh, you know, the the was it the commercial? Of what, you're not. You're angry when you're hungry. Whatever that candy bar is. Yeah, yeah. And eat a Snickers, I think it is. Right. And Joe Pesci's in one of the commercials, and they're talking to those two girls. And the girl said, "I'm a model." He says, "What do you model? Gloves?" And that's what <laughs> that's what someone would ask to ask me. What do you uh, model? Gloves. Uh, well, it might be better if we put a picture of your hand up instead of your face. Perfect. You know. What's the question? I got a minute left. All right. Uh, Walmart mm-hmm. uh, announced an inflation special. Have you heard about this? No. Customers can get Thanksgiving meal staples, such as turkey, potatoes, and stuffing, at last year's price. Oh, wow. Right? So I'm asking people, will you buy an inflation turkey? That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> From Walmart. Yes or no? Will you buy an inflation turkey? Uh, okay. So listen, I mean, you know... 
buying a tur- does buying a turkey from Walmart is, is that appetizing to you, or am I being a snob? Um, I don't know. I've never, I, I've never, I've never grocery shopped at Walmart, so I can't tell right? you. Yeah. Well, you will be because I'm I'm getting you a girlfriend. Thanks, man. And you guys will go. You know, you can go. You know, buy some potatoes together, and <laughs> she'll steal your car, and you'll be left there with the bird. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Gato. Sure, lots All of right. help. See ya. <laughs> Have a good weekend. That's Gatos and the Big Q poll question of the day is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. What we're going to do just after 9 o'clock, are Democrats worried about a stolen election? I've got a couple of headlines that say that it just might. It's an interesting read and an interesting look at what's going on and poll numbers. It is election season. We're going to talk about all of it coming up next.